And I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship but God Almighty alone, and that Muhammad, sallallahu alaihi wa sallam, is asleep and missing. O you who believe, be mindful of Allah as he should be minded. Do not die except as Muslims. O mankind, be mindful of your Lord who created you from one soul and from that soul its mate, and from those two spread many men and many women. And be mindful of the wounds that bore you. Be mindful of those you ask your rights upon the throne, for verily Allah is never watchful over you. O you who believe, be mindful of Allah and seek and speak the truth. He will guide you to righteous deeds and forgive you of your sins, and whomsoever obeys Allah and His Messenger has achieved the greatest achievement. The best of speech is Allah's speech. The best of guidance is Muhammad's guidance. And the worst of affairs are those newly introduced, and everything newly introduced in faith is an innovation, and everything which is an innovation goes astray, and everything which goes astray will lead to the hellfire. The Prophet ﷺ said, there are no days for righteous deeds, for good deeds, in which those deeds are more beloved to Allah than these ten days, the first ten days of the Hajjah. So say, La ilaha illallah, there's no one worthy of worship of God, much. And say, Alhamdulillah. All praise and thanks are for God, much. And say, Allahu Akbar, God is great, much. The, the people, upon hearing this, said, Not even jihad in God's path. He said, he said, not even that, except in the case of a man who left his home with his life and his wealth and didn't return with either. When the Prophet ﷺ said, مَا مِنْ أَيَّامِ الْعَمَلُ الصَّالِحُ أَحَبُّ مِنَ اللَّهِ There are no days in which good deeds are more beloved to Allah. What are those good deeds that he was talking about? The good deeds that he was talking about was exactly what he explained afterwards. Saying, Allah Akbar. Saying, Alhamdulillah. Saying, La ilaha illallah. Dhikr is one of the greatest deeds that you can do in these ten blessed days at the beginning of the day. In a hadith that's narrated by Tirmidhi, the Prophet said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered Yahya ibn Zakiriyah, John the Baptist. He ordered him to order Bani Israel to do five things and to act accordingly. And from amongst the things that he ordered them, he said, And I command you to remember Allah. Because the parable of the one who remembers Allah is like a person who's being chased by his enemy. His enemy is in hot pursuit. 
And so he runs into a fortified garrison and locks himself inside. He says, Similar is the person who remembers Allah. He cannot protect himself from Shaytan except through the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You might think to yourself, why is Vikr so important in these ten days? And if you think to yourself about all of the different opportunities that we have throughout the year to gain the blessings of Allah, you'll notice that at each of them we're being trained to practice and implement a different form of worship. So, during Ramadan, we fast. During Shabbat, we give charity. And throughout the calendar year, there are different melodic, there are different acts that we do based upon the year. In these days, why is Vikr so important? Because it's a reminder to us at the end of the year, going into the new year, that the Hijjah is the last, the twelfth month of the Islamic calendar. Going into the new year, that we will always face enticements. We will always face whispers. We will always face things that remove us from ourselves, remove us from a stable emotional state, remove us from remembering who we are and what we stand for, who we worship and why we stand for Him, subhanahu wa Whispers and enticements are nothing but that. On the Day of Judgment, Shaytan will come and will come in front of Allah. See, in Islam, we don't have this duality that's popular in American culture. It's not a religious precept, but a lot of people think of the relationship between the Creator of the heavens and the earth and Satan as some type of dualistic uh, set of deities. One tells you to do good, the other tells you to do bad. But for us as Muslims, we know that Shaytan was created by Allah. He was given a respite to the Day of Judgment. And the only thing that he has over us is his ability to suggest. And so, wanting to absolve ourselves of the foul and evil suggestions that we followed during our lifetime, we're going to try and find him on the Day of Judgment. We're going to seek out Satan himself. To blame him. To ask why he did this. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala records for us what he will say to us on the day of judgment. God made you a promise, a true promise. And I promised you, and I betrayed my promise. وَمَا كَانَ لِعَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ سُلْطَانًا إِلَّا أَنْ دَعُوْتُكُمْ And I had no power over you. I had no authority over you. Except to call you, but you answered. فَلَا تَلُمُونِي وَلُومُ أَنْفُسِكُمْ So don't blame me. Blame yourselves. So when we submit 
to the whispers, the enticements, to the suggestive language that we have in our head. Whether it be from shaitan or whether it be from our own souls. We have indeed created man and we know what his own soul whispers to him. Whether it be from an external source or an internal source, Vikir allows us to remove ourselves from those enticements, those whispers, those suggestions, recalibrate our thoughts, and make informed decisions that will be beneficial for us in the next life as well as in this life. It's the difference in your life between signal and noise. A lot of things that we do in life are simply noise. Have you ever been at home and you have nothing else to do, so you turn on the television? Are you watching the television? No. Are you interested in the show that's on the television? No. But it's noise that's filling the void. Now, had you sat there and watched the news and paid attention to the news, then that would be signal. Because you have a purpose for consuming that media at that time. The difference between the whisperings of Shaytan and the vicar of Allah is the difference between having the television on in the background and watching the news again. It's the difference between signal and noise. Abu Hazm al-Razi, Rahimahullah ta'ala in his book, Rawls al he said, the pillar of obedience in this life is to mend your innermost self and to leave off those things which corrupt your conscience. Intelligent people realize that it's obligatory for them to take this seriously. To, for them to protect their hearts as their hearts sway to the left and to the right. Because the worst of times and the most bitter of cases are experienced when the heart is corrupt. In a period, the Prophet said, don't speak a lot without remembering Allah. Because speaking a lot without remembering Allah hardens the heart. And the farthest of hearts on the day of judgment from Allah are the ones that have been hardened. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya amanu. Oh, you will believe, remember Allah much. And glorify Him in the morning and in the evening. It is He who sends down His blessings upon you, as do the angels. To take you out of darkness and into light. And He is ever merciful. He is oft merciful with His slaves. The idea of immersing oneself in the dhikr of Allah is paramount. The Prophet, if you look at his daily life, his entire life was dhikr. His life was not 
and orchestrated acts of bigotry that he scheduled the time for. The vicar of the Prophet وسلم, was not a performance artist. He did not have a musical accompaniment. He was not backed by an orchestra. It was not something that was done for show. In fact, I can tell you from the most knowledgeable of the people that I was blessed to study with, they all said that your remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be something that's between you and Him. It's not something that there's any ostentation about, that you have to do openly. Yet there are times when we do dhikr openly. Why? As a reminder to those around us. During the ten days, Ibn Umar and others amongst the Sahaba, Salman, Ali, Hurairah, they used to go out to the marketplace and they used to say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. As a reminder, the people would follow them in that takbir. On the Eid, we call out with takbir. Why? Because it's an act of rejoicing in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that had passed. But in those times when we're tuning our heart, when we're removing the noise and honing in on the signal, it's important that we inculcate the dhikr of Allah in every single aspect of our life. The Prophet throughout the day he would sit, he would wake up, Late at night, early in the morning, recite the best of it, some of the Quran. And then he would lay down again. And then he would stand up with only one sixth of the night left and pray to it. Then he would lay down again. Then he would stand up for Fajr and make Dikr and make Wudu and then pray the Sunnah of Fajr. Then after Fajr, he would sit until the sun rose, remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At the time of Duha, at the time when the sun rises high in the sky, it's warm outside, about 7.30 to 8 o'clock in the morning, he would then pray again and make more as coffee. After Asr, he would sit from Asr until Maghrib, or Asr for an hour or so, remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the day was closing out. He would remember Allah when a gust of wind was passed. He would remember Allah when the rain would descend. He would remember Allah when the people were frightened. He would remember Allah at the change of the weather. He would remember Allah when he sat and when he stood and when he ate something and when he was finished. He said, and يحمد الله عليه وإذا شرب الشرب الشربتا يحمد الله عليه. Allah loves that his slave when he eats a morsel of food that he says alhamdulillah, and that when he drinks a sip of his drink he says alhamdulillah. The dhikr of the Prophet even span to his grooming himself when he combed his hair in a mirror. He would remember Allah and make du'a. When he would approach his wives at night, he would remember Allah and make du'a. And when he placed his head on his pillow, he would remember Allah and make du'a. The benefit of all of this 
is constantly being in a state of gratitude. Constantly being in a state of thankfulness. Constantly being in a state of wonder at the resources that we've been provided. Constantly acknowledging the good that we have in life. Focusing on the positive and not allowing the negative, the whispers, the enticements to take us away from that. Abu Dhabdaa, one of the companions of the Prophet and one of the most attentive of the Prophet's actions, and he used to follow him to the tea and how he used to make vigor. Here, Allah was asked, someone said to him, Abu Dhabdaa, I see that you never cease to make vigor. You never cease to remember Allah. How many times a day do you remember Allah? He said, I remember Allah over a hundred thousand times a day unless my fingers lose count. This is mentioned in Siyar Ala and Nubar. Rabbiya bin Anas from the Salaf, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, he said, a sign that you love Allah is to remember Him often. You never truly love someone until you think of them all the time. Now think about those people that you love in this life. Think about those family members that you love in this life. And now think about how much you remember them and how much you remember Allah. And then realize why Allah told us in these days of dhikr. When you leave from Arafat, then remember Allah in the sacred precincts of the Zalika. And he said, Remember Allah as you remember your fathers, or even greater their Learning 
how to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In order for us to be able to remain in peace with ourselves and the rest of creation, we have to act on the basis of our love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The operational term here being that we act. Every action that we do in our lives should be tied back to the remembrance of Allah. We should tie our hearts back to the remembrance of Allah by purifying our attentions. Tie our minds to the remembrance of Allah by thinking good and expecting good of others. And most importantly, expecting good of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should tie our actions that we do day to day to the remembrance of Allah by performing good deeds that accompany those remembrances. Notice that in every single instance in which the Prophet remembered Allah, he was tied to a devotional practice, such as after prayer, or a natural occurrence, such as the descending of rain. There was never a time, as we mentioned, that he was making dhikr in an orchestrated fashion. Dhikr was a divine covenant that he fulfilled, sallallahu it's what bonded him in this life to the next. And Imam Nawawi commenting on the habit of the Prophet to remember Allah, and he said, the most correct position is that the remembrance of the tongue along with the heart is better and better than simply remembering Allah with your heart alone. And the virtue of dhikr, of remembering Allah, is not restricted simply to saying Alhamdulillah and La ilaha illallah and Allahu Akbar. But every act of obedience that you do for the sake of Allah is a form of dhikr. It's narrated from Al-Qa'ah that he said the sittings of dhikr are the sittings in which you learn halal and haram. How you learn how to buy and sell. How you learn how to pray and fast. How you marry and divorce. How you make hajj and similar. The Prophet was the embodiment of the remembrance of Allah. Aisha radiallahu was asked, What was the character of the Prophet? She said, His character was the Quran. His character was the embodiment of the greatest form of dignity. All of these things lead us to ask questions. Okay, remember Allah. What benefit does that have for me? Ask yourself throughout the day, the things, the noise that you consume throughout the day, what sort of seed is it planting in your heart? The noise that you consume throughout the day, what sort of subliminal messages is it imparting to you and to your children? The noise that you consume throughout the day, what does it cost, cost, what does it cause to blossom on your lips? What fruits do your actions bear? What are the results of filling your life with noise versus filling your life with singing. I'd like to conclude with one specific du'a. The Prophet ﷺ is narrated by Tirmidhi and others, and Malik and Mu'ta and others, that he said, خَيْرُ الدُّعَا دُعَاءِ يَوْمِ عَرَفَةِ وَهُوَ خَيْرُ مَا قُلْتُهُ أَنْهُ النَّبِيُّونَ مِنْ قَبْلِ لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير. The best du'a 
And the best dua that I and all of the prophets before me have said is the dua of the day of Arafah. There is no one worthy of worship to Allah alone, without partner. To him is all dominion and all praise, and he is, has power over all things. The Prophet would repeat this dua on the day of Arafah. The day of Arafah this year, because the Hujjaj will be in Mecca, they will be in Arafah on Monday, August 20th. We will fast the day of Arafah on Monday, August 20th. With E be on Tuesday, inshallah. Now, why do we do that? Because the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Hajj is the day that you all make Hajj. And Alha is the day that you all make your sacrifices. Meaning that the celebration of Eid is directly tied to the actions of the Hajjaj to remind us of the legacy of the Prophet Abraham and his wife Hajar and the legacy of our Prophet Muhammad it is sunnah, it is the sunnah of the Prophet to fast the day of Arafah. He said, Fasting the day of Arafah expiates the sins for the previous year and the current year. So you get two years in one day. Fasting that day and remembering, remembering to call out upon Allah that the greatest thing that you could be doing in these days, the days that come until the day of Eid, is to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and call out to Him with your heart. Don't think to yourself that this is something that you have to be in the masjid for, that you have to have a special time or a special place. You can do it simply in your heart while you're at work. Do it with your heart and with your tongue, even greater. Do it while you accompany some other good deed, and that's even better. But don't rob yourself of the opportunity to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al Imam al said about dua on the day of Arab. This is the day in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the lowest heavens, and He says to His angels, Unduru ila Look at my slaves, they've come to me disheveled and dusty. <coughs> Forgiving them for their sins on that day. And Imam al-Zari said, I met people who would stash away all of the needs that they had throughout the year until the day of our Because the Prophet said that it expiates the sins of this year and the if you have a need in your heart, if you have something that you're seeking after, if you have a want, if you have a problem, if you're having difficulty, understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there for you whenever you call Him. And when you call on Him, seeking the blessings that He's put in these blessed days, that you can not only expect the answer, but you can also expect the great reward as well. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us to be from amongst those that are forgiven this day and on the day of Arafah and on the day that we meet our Lord. Allah maqfirlana bimubana wa ismaqana fi amrina wa tawbih wa thamana yaudhul alameen. Allah forgive us of our sins and our transgression and our affairs. And make our feet firm, O Lord of the world. Allahumma inna nas'aluhu bi isnika al-a'lam alani ilayat kutwarika jadda da'wa. أن تكتب لنا الأمن والإيمان لنا ولجميع المسلمين المستضعفين في جميع أنحاء الأرض يا رب العالمين. والله we ask you by your greatest name, the greatest name by which if you are called upon you answer our call, that you write for us safety and security and for all of our Muslim brothers and sisters who have been weakened around the world. يا رب العالمين. الله مسجد لنا من المدينين. والله settle the debts of those of us who are in debt. Heal the sick of those, of, us, of those of us who are sick. Solve the problems of those of us who are having trouble. Allahumma wahdi abna'ina wa banatina, wa jaddatina wa ajdadina, wa azwajina wa zawjatina wa ummahatina wa ababina ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, guide us and our daughters and our sons, our grandparents and our, grand, our grandmothers and our grandfathers, our husbands and wives, guide our parents, our mothers and our fathers. Allahumma وزملائنا في الحمد يا رب العالمين اللهم اهدي هذا المجتمع خاصة وجميع المجتمعات عاملة يا رب العالمين والله guide our, our, our co-workers and our neighbors guide those close to us and far from us guide those in this community of ours and all communities around the world بغاد الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإنتاء القربى وينهى عن الفعشاء والمنكر والبغي عليكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله العزيز الجليل يذكركم واشكروه على نعمه يزدكم ولذكر الله اكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون واقيموا الصلاه